are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today is Monday, January 10th. 2022 and for many in the pacific northwest all eyes are now on baseball i am your host tiding gonzalez joined as always by my co-host colby patnode follow us on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at dane gonzalez that's d-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 that's c-p-a-t one one be sure to also check out our patreon where we talk about the mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that if you are interested and on today's episode of locked on mariners it's time for our weekly mailbag we got a few questions from you on twitter and via email we're going to be answering all of those today and if this is your first time joining us welcome to the show if you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. So before we get into these questions, let me kick it to Colby here. How was your weekend? It's uh, It was bittersweet in a little bit. You know, they had the uh, last Seahawks game. So now Sundays are, are wide open. And unfortunately, baseball is not doing their part to kind of carry me to April, um, at least not yet. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a little bittersweet, but also not terribly sad to see the season go. Um, mm-hmm. although the last two games were a lot of fun, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, other than that, I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, it's, it's just an Upton day. So, uh, you know, I, I guess that's something to celebrate, acknowledge, like whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. Good to hear. Good to hear. It's, uh, you know, it's always sad when a season ends because especially for football, it's so far off from yeah. the next game you know nine months mm-hmm. from now is when they'll uh they'll play their next game that's uh it's a long time so you know uh thankfully baseball is around the corner though we'll see when it actually gets started it will eventually get started i think you and i are both pretty confident in that that an agreement of some kind will be made between the players association and the owners it's just a matter of when uh but hopefully that is soon we know that they are going to be reconvening at some point this month and uh there's going to be a another offer made um but you know hopefully uh those two sides can you know get this over with so we can get back to you know what's fun and that's uh that's baseball that's the off season that's jerry season and uh, i know we got a few questions on jerry season and uh just everything going on with the mariners in general let's uh let's start with sean perry who uh sent us an email Uh, asking us to uh, talk about Andres Munoz, break down his game and where he fits into our rotation. I'm going to assume bullpen. Uh, Do you see him throwing a lot of innings this year? Go M's, Sean. So, uh, Colby, what do you you have to say about Andres Munoz, who you actually got to see make his debut for the Mariners? Yeah, uh, that was was certainly something. Um, Yeah, Munoz is... uh, a guy who, you know, the first thing that's going to jump out to you about him is his velocity. Uh, it's easy to see anybody, any fool can see it. It pops. It's, you know, 98 to 102. Um, slider's pretty good uh, for the most part. Uh, it's a little inconsistent, as you might expect, uh, but uh, it's it's still an above average pitch most of the time. Uh, with Munoz, it's really going to come down to can he throw strikes? 
Uh, he has been pretty good at it, um, you know, so far in his, his pro career. Um, but it is something that he needs to get better at if he wants to be a a high leverage guy. Uh, that's just the command, like one hundred and two with a, a you know above average slider that you can command is you know borderline unhittable. So uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a great you know walk you know less than two guy per nine, but he's got to throw strikes and and you know so far in his big league career four point nine percent or four point nine uh, baseball ball per nine. Um, in only 23 and two thirds. So it's, it's not a huge concern yet, but uh, yeah, I think he's probably a middle reliever here at the start of this year. Uh, assuming he gets through spring training healthy, no guarantee he makes the club, even with the extension he just signed uh, still has to earn it. Um, he's got options left. Uh, so still has to earn his way to the big leagues, uh, to the big league club. But when he, when he does make his debut, I think we're going to see him his 2022 debut. We're probably going to see him mostly in, in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning. Um, just to kind of ease him back in. And also because, you know, why would you use Munoz in a high leverage spot when you could go to Seawald or second rider, uh, Sadler and now Ken Giles, uh, you know, you're going to trust those guys all more than Munoz. So I I think he'll start the year in kind of a middle reliever role. Um, and then he might work his way into more high leverage spots, but uh, he's got to make the club first. Uh, and he, he has a pretty good shot to do that. It's just, it's not a guarantee. Yeah. I, I think you, uh, you made a great point there and, th- and that's that there's really no pressure on Munoz to perform this year. And I think that's great. I think this is a great situation for him. Um, being behind guys like Casey Sadler and, and Ken Giles and Diego Castillo, Paul Seawald. Um, like you said, you know, they can ease him out. They can they can put him in the in the fifth. They can put him in the sixth. They can put him in the seventh, and you know slowly get him more more um, you know involved in high leverage situations as the season goes along. If if they like what they see, and uh, another great thing is he's yeah he's not guaranteed a spot on the major league roster. He could start in AAA, and and that would be fine as well. Help him you know ease along here as he gets further removed from his surgery and everything, and. You know, as we've seen with guys, you know, it takes a while. It takes about two to three years to fully get back to where they were pre-surgery. And some guys don't ever get there as well. But uh, it seems like the velocity is still there, though, for him. So uh, that's obviously a, a, a great thing because that fastball is a real, true 80-grade pitch. I mean, it's just the, it's incredible. Um, so, yeah, um, we'll we'll see how that turns out, but uh, pretty excited about what we'll see from Munoz this year. I think I, I think he might be, uh, you know, a way to kind of make up for some of the natural regression that's going to hit the uh, Mariners bullpen this year because I mean they were just so spectacular last year. It's going to be hard to replicate that. But uh, thank you for the question. Let's uh, go on to Hunter at Hunter Porton. Who asks, uh, what is our prediction for the opening day starting nine, including any trades or signings you guys think will happen? Love the show. Keep up the good work. So we've had a few questions over the last few weeks about lineups, you know, just making lineups of just guys that you can only sign or what have you. You know, our dream lineup for the 2022 Mariners, all of that. So, Colby, realistically, though, what are we feeling for opening day? which is currently scheduled for about two and a half months from now. You know, what, what, are, what are we feeling for that starting nine when they play the Tigers? Um, 
Well, this will be interesting because opening day lineups are traditionally, you know, you, you put your, your best guys in regardless of matchup. Um, yeah. And, you know, we saw it a few years ago that Adam Lynn started against the lefty. I think it was Derek Holland. Uh, even though the Mariners intended to have Deho Lee hit against lefties and Lynn mm-hmm. hit against righties. Uh, so opening day lineups are not always what, you know, the best lineup or what we think lineups will look like in June. Um, so yeah, it's starting nine, a little difficult, but um, I, I think what we're most likely to see is we're probably still going to see JP Crawford in the leadoff spot, which I, I don't love, but you know, they seem to like it enough. So He's probably going to hit leadoff. I'm going to guess Ty France is probably back in the two hole. He was there, you know, second half of last year, and, and it, it really works well. Um, three spot, I'm going to say Trevor Story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll go, I'll go, eh. I mean, you kind of have to, right? Yeah. I just, the Mariners like to do the left, right, left, right thing, but there's not a lefty bat, you know, that's, that's going to fit there. Uh, unless they sign Michael Conforto, yeah. which they could, um, in which case it would go Conforto three story four Hanager five. But I'm, I'm going to go. Jason. I feel at that point you should have Hanager hitting one or hitting two, yeah. and then France hitting one. Like I would, agree. I, I don't think you want to push Mitch Hanager all the way down to five. No, I I think or tie France down to six. Um. Especially for the sake of JP Crawford, like right, all right. Well, you you and I are you and I have talked about this. JP and, and Adam Frazier should probably be hitting eight nine or nine one, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't yeah. again predicting what the Mariners are going to do. I think JP is going to hit leadoff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Ty France hits. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Ty France hits second. Um, Mitch Haniger hits third. Uh, I'm going to go Michael Conforto hitting fourth, Trevor Story hitting fifth. Mm. Uh, Yeah, just to get the lefty in there. Um, Mm. So then sixth is probably going to be... um, Let's see. Whoever's catching. Probably Tom Murphy, right? Um, Mm-hmm. So then seven is going to, I, I think seven is probably going to be um, Lewis. You go Lewis seven playing center field, Kelnick mm-hmm. eight um, playing uh, left field and, and uh, Adam Frazier hitting ninth and playing third base or Abraham Toro, depending on which one they want to use. Like, does that uh, does that sound about right to you? So I'm adding story and 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 Conforto. Yeah. So still feel like they might add one more piece. Well, I mean, but but it's still the opening nine. So like, you yeah. know, forget lineup. Just let's let's just do this real fast. It'll be faster. Who's catching opening day? Tom Murphy. Yeah. Uh, first base. Ty France. France. Second base. Mm. Story. Okay. Shortstop is JP. Uh, mm. Third base. Could be Chapman. Yeah, I'm going to say Matt Chapman, Ooh. actually. Okay. Left field. Yeah. You're going Frazier. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm. Center field. The big one. 
Kelnick. Okay, right field. Hanniger. DH. Terence. And uh, starting pitcher. Robbie. Robbie Ray. Marco. <laughs> okay. No, that's I could those... see it. I could totally see yeah, that's I could totally see them that, do that. Like, we will get a lot of questions about if we ever get to spring training. And my answer is always going to be the same. I do not care. <laughs> I really don't care. But yeah, whatever. Uh, like I said, I don't think they're going to get Chapman. Colby, we need Robbie Ray to beat Spencer Turnbull. I mean, well, it'll probably be Eduardo Rodriguez, but. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. In which case, <laughs> uh, yeah, in which case, Luis Torrance is absolutely DHing that day. Yeah. Which means he will take his rightful spot in the uh, in the lineup, in the opening day lineup, because that's where he belongs. But, uh, yeah, that's that's probably the best we could do right now. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, so we got more questions coming up in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars even contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Meanwhile, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Now, here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new so go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your order at built.com you're listening to locked on mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day let's get back into these questions continuing with the ones that we got via email this one comes from connor who says, please fast forward three to four years and project the rotation of bullpen comprised exclusively of current pitchers on the roster and prospects. So anyone that's in the organization right now for the Mariners, uh, pretend injuries and trades don't happen and speak about which players fill which roles best. Thank you in advance. I love your podcast. Thank you so much, Connor, for your support and your question. So Colby, this is uh, this is kind of one that's uh, you know really tough to do, but when you just boil it down to guys that are already in the organization, what do you what are you feeling for uh, for the rotation? Yeah, um, already in the org. I'm going to go with uh, three to four years. It's kind of a. Do you mean like three years from today? Because Robbie Ray might not. You know what I mean? Like Robbie Ray has an opt out after three years, so it's kind of tough to know if he's going to be in yeah. there. Um, so depending on how the question is intended to be asked, it could be Robbie Ray, uh, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby. I feel really good they're going to be in it. I. I think Marco's probably still going to be in it. Um, that's right around the time his contract mm. runs out. 
I just think he's going to be such a solid number five that they're not really going to want to mess with that. And obviously has the leadership. Um, Hancock is going to be in the rotation. Um, again, not factoring in trades. Uh, and then yeah. Williamson, like I think Flexen's out. Yeah. I think, I think Ray's out like, yeah, I think it's pretty much what you would expect. It's, it's Gilbert, Kirby, Hancock, Williamson, Marco is the rotation. Mm. I mean, and then if Ray hasn't opted out, then he's, you know, probably takes mm, Marco spot. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we're we're in agreement here that all four of Gilbert, Kirby, Williamson, and Hancock have a higher ceiling than Marco Gonzalez. So um, assuming that they all hit that, right, because we're making a lot of assumptions in this exercise anyway. Um, yeah, I think Marco's the odd man out because Robbie Ray, I mean, pretty definitive, you know, in a higher tier than uh, the Marco. So, um, yeah, like I agree with you that Marco would probably be around that time um, because he's just so s- stable. Um, and because of the impact that he has in, in the clubhouse as well. But I just think talking talent wise here, just pure talent. Like I, I think if Ray's involved in that, it, it's gotta be Ray and the, uh, the four young guys, but right. it's, uh, certainly interesting, but I, I'm going to assume that the, uh, the Mariners rotation in 2024, 2025, whenever it's going to lo- look a lot different than that. <laughs> So we'll see though. Um, So we, uh, we also, and and we don't typically do this on mailbag Monday. This is typically what we do on fan fiction Friday, but we're actually going to answer a trade idea because apparently uh, Brandon here who emailed us, um, we apparently missed him uh, a couple times here or missed this, uh, this proposal uh, that he sent us. So, uh, he has the Mariners. It's a, it's a three team deal. First of all, with the uh, white Sox and the reds, and he has the Mariners getting Sonny gray and Jake Berger while the white Sox get Jesse Winker and drew Steckenrider, and the reds get Levi stout, Caden Polkovich, Gavin sheets, Norhe Vera and Luis. My not sure how to pronounce. So what do you, uh, what are you feeling on this? Certainly interesting um i i believe that uh you know winker and, and steckenrider both make a lot of sense for uh for chicago uh burger doesn't uh he is he's blocked pretty good uh by yohan Moncada. um it might be a semi-surprising trade candidate uh when things kick back up just throwing that out there uh depending on how they feel about burger um, for the Mariners side of things here, I, I, the issue I run into is, is why do I want to trust Jake Berger? You know, like I, I get that you're, you're, you're already going to be trusting George Kirby at some point and you're trusting Kelnick to make a step forward. You're going to give significant at bats to Julio. There are a lot of things you're already banking on that you have no reason to believe are, are going to come true. You know what I mean? Like, we're banking that Julio or that Julio comes up and hit. We don't know that he will. We're banking that that Kelnick is going to come up and, and or Kelnick will come up this time around and, and hit right away. 
We don't know that either. We don't know if Kirby is going to be good when he shows up. There are already a lot of question marks. So when you add Berger as kind of the everyday third baseman, it's just another one. And even if that other guy is somebody like, say, Matt Chapman, who I don't love by any stretch, you at least know he's going to be a, a big league quality player. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no question about that. At some point, you can only run out so many question marks before you're asking for trouble. Um, however, you do get Sonny Gray in this deal. And, and Gray is one of those guys yeah. that's not a question mark. Um, I don't think it's necessary for them to do, uh, for them to make that, uh, you know, burger part of the trade. But if you can get Sonny Gray and Jake Berger for Steckenrider, Stout, Polkovich, you do that. I don't think you can. Um, I think Seattle is getting the best end of this, um, without having to give up really anything too terribly exciting. Um, so I, I don't know if the Reds would do this. It feels light to me for the Reds. Um, I like Stout. You like Polkovich. Um, you know, there, there's there's some things to like about Gavin Sheets. I, it, I to me, this is just I I don't see it happening. Um, it's mm-hmm. very creative. Um, the prospect capital mm-hmm. the Reds are getting isn't terrible, but it's like, who is the the lead piece for for the Reds? in this deal they would probably want burger right so yeah i, I mean the lead I, I the lead piece it. is probably levi stout right like yeah they're yeah. gonna give up they're gonna give up jesse winker and sunny gray for a package that's led by levi stout i don't see it <laughs> the the three team thing feels unnecessary because if the white Sox want want jesse winker why wouldn't they just trade uh, Jake Berger to Cincinnati for Jesse Winker, mm-hmm. and then the the Reds can still trade Sonny Gray to the Mariners for probably that package, Levi Stout and and Caden Polkovich. So, um, it just it, I I don't see Seattle. Seattle's getting too much out of this, um, and I I just I don't know if the Reds are going to take a bulk package for Winker. And Sonny Gray. Maybe they take it for Sonny Gray, but I don't think they're going to take it for Winker and Sonny Gray. So, um, mm-hmm. like I said, it's certainly creative, and I, I don't think it's poorly planned or anything like that. It's just, to me, it's it just the Mariners are getting a little too much. It's too good to be true for the Mariners. And if they could pull off a trade like that, that would be... I think it's too good to be true for the White Sox as well. Yeah, they're, they're not giving up uh, Colson Montgomery. They're not giving up... Uh, Cespedes. They're giving up a. Uh, they're giving up a twenty-five-year-old first baseman who's, who's going to be twenty-six pro- and a couple of projects. Who's going to be twenty-six yeah. in, in April? So, this yeah. to me, this like if Jared Kelly was in the trade and Matt Thompson was in the trade, if if Colson Montgomery was in the trade, like that would make more sense to me. Berger is an interesting guy for the Mariners, yeah. but again, he's twenty-six, and like Ty said, he's probably probably should be playing first i don't think he's bad at third base but he's not great and well i was talking about sheets by the way oh okay i was talking about sheets when i was referring to the 25 year old first baseman yeah well jake Berger is also 25 who turns 26 in in april Mm -hmm. so yeah i just it's it's a little too much too good like the trade relies on the reds being not dumb but so desperate to move any salary whatsoever that they're willing to take probably 80 cents on the dollar for one of their best Mm -hmm. players. I just, I don't see it happening, but uh, it's, it's certainly creative. 
Yeah. Yeah. If uh, if we were doing Fan Fiction Friday today, I'd probably give it like a 55. 58. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It's solid. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's answer one question from Twitter, and then we're gonna do our little ad read for Bet Online, and then uh, we'll answer the remaining questions. Uh, let's uh, go to Funky Monkey on uh, on Twitter, who uh, asks, "Which of our pitching prospects do you see making the biggest impact for the Mariners in 2022?" I'm gonna go George Kirby. I think he's the first guy to get called up, and the one that will last the longest at the major league level. Um, I don't think he's the first guy to get called up, but I think he's the one. Who I guess Matt probably, Brash would be that guy. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I think he's probably the guy who has the most, uh, accumulates the most war, I'll say, which would, sure. you know, be the biggest impact for the Mariners. So I'll go with Kirby as well. Um, but I do think you'll see Williamson and Brash at, at some point this year. Um, both will probably make a few starts, but ideally, you know, they're pitching out of the bullpen in August and September. Uh, so I'll go Kirby. Cool. All right. So real quick, want to remind you this episode of lockdown Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, And then we're going to get into some more questions. Bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Colby, we got four questions to go here on Twitter. This one comes from Aiden at SFNE58 who asks, which Mariners affiliate do you think will have the best record next year? Ooh. This is a tough one because the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a that's, that's a good answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good answer. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the minor league, in terms of the minor league teams, you know there are uh, this this is a bit harder because you know for for once a lot of the top prospects are kind of spread out from one another throughout the system. But some really good talented teams that you know we project. Obviously, we don't know what the assignments are specifically going to be, but we kind of have a general idea of where guys are going to be starting the season. Um, I'm going to go Everett though. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting because what you're really asking is like, which roster stays okay the longest because last year Everett was stacked mm-hmm. and then everybody got promoted and Everett missed the playoffs. Like not because Everett was a bad team, but because their best players all got promoted to double a. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's where my answer is going to be. It's going to be double A. I, I think we're going to see some extended stays in double A by like Emerson Hancock, uh, Noel V. Marte, mm-hmm. um, probably Alberto Rodriguez gets a, gets a pretty good look there. I, I think you're going to see some, yeah. some extended looks for guys at, at double A. Um, so I think they will be the best team for the longest amount of time. Um, okay. the, the easy answer is probably triple A, but that's also the most boring because there's, not always a plethora of really exciting prospects there. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, you know, Tacoma, they won the AAA West, whatever the 
you know, soulless name they're calling that league now. Um, <laughs> they won it last year, so uh, they're they're probably going to have more than a few quality big leaguers spend some time in AAA. So, but I'll I'll still go Double A. I think they're going to have the best roster um, for the longest oh. amount of time. All right, so uh, let's go to Ryan Witt at Ryan underscore Witt seven. Come All Star Weekend twenty twenty three. Will the Mariners have a participant in the home run derby? And if so, who? Uh, yeah, usually the home team does get a participant. And uh, I, don't, I don't think that's a rule, but usually that's just kind of tradition. Um, and uh, I, uh, I'm i going to go with Julio Rodriguez. Like, it's kind of an unwritten rule. Like, yeah, I think they even had a player, you know, who didn't make the all-star team participate in the home run derby just because he was, you know, a crowd favorite. I think that's happened once or twice. So uh, they almost always, I can't remember a home run derby that didn't have Kansas city. I think was the last one. Um, and people were mad at Robinson Cano because he didn't pick Billy Butler um, when the, you know, they were doing the captain stuff. Um, and then Cano, I think went out and hit zero home runs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Mariners are going to have somebody there. Um, Julio's probably the safe bet. Uh, superstar. He's, you know, great BP type of guy. Um, you know, Ichiro's probably going to throw BP to one of the guys, uh, whoever it is. That, that'll that be a fun, like, all-star thing. Um, yeah, Julio's probably the favorite at this stage, but I would watch for Kelnick. Um, there's some impressive, uh, you know, there's yeah. some real impressive uh, batting practices that, that Kelnick can put on. Um, if, if, like, Story signs here, it might be Trevor Story. Uh, biggest name. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? This is this is kind of a, a double prediction here. Ready? Mitch Haniger, who's not even Ooh. under contract for the 2023 Mariners yet. So, wow. double prediction time. There you go. Uh, Mitch Haniger will wow. be my guess. Wow. All right. But if I was laying money, it would probably be Julio. Yeah. Very, uh, very spicy, though. I like it. Mm-hmm. Bringing some heat today. Um. <laughs> All right, AJ Allen at AJ Allen PDX. He wants to know uh, what would you rank as the top three things the Mariners need to address this offseason? What would you consider a successful offseason where they currently stand? Um, I think you need to get another starting pitcher. I would like for them to to go into the outfield, and uh, I think you need to absolutely get one of Trevor Story or um, or Chris Bryant. I think that's uh that's kind of necessary at this point. So, especially with you know what we're hearing about what you know, and I'm talking about publicly, like what everyone's heard about you know who they've been in in the markets for and all that stuff. So, um, I think those three things uh, need to be top priorities for them. Um, you know, I think you need to to get a lot better in the infield and uh, need to improve that outfield outfield as well, and also you know get yourself Sunny Gray or Frankie Montas or whoever. Like that would be a lot of fun. And uh, as for what a successful offseason would be, I mean, that. <laughs> Honestly, like, that would be great. But ultimately, just, you know, get better. Get on a trajectory to get back to 90 wins. Get on a trajectory to compete for a wild card and maybe even a division if you if you can luck into it, if you can, you know, get to the trade deadline and actually be competitive and be able to be really aggressive at that, you know, because who knows at that point. Um, but, yeah, that ultimately just just get on a better trajectory than where you're at right now. Uh, yeah, to me, that's it's number one is uh, infield bat. You, you need an infield bat either at second or third. doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. 
Uh, number two for me is probably outfield bat. Um, preferably one who hits left-handed. Michael Conforto continues to make so much sense. It's like gross that we haven't heard anything about Conforto being yeah. linked to the Mariners. It just makes way too much sense for there not to at least be some kind of discussion there. Um, and then third is mm-hmm. his starting pitching. Um, preferably a mid-rotation guy, so not a Tyler Anderson, but somebody like Rodon or Montas or, or Gray. So uh, in that order for me. And then, you know, what's a successful offseason? Well, probably adding a, you know, a story. If you had a story in Conforto, then in your pitcher's, Tyler Anderson, like that, that's the other pitch you had. I mean, I'm not wild about Anderson, um, but that's a successful offseason. Like, there's just no way it's already on the right track to being a successful offseason with adding an all star and, and a Cy Young. Um, and oddly enough, the all star is Adam Frazier, not Robbie Ray. Um, that's already a really good start. So, yeah, I, I honestly, mm-hmm. to me, it's going to be tough. They had story and like say they trade for Sonny Gray and that's all they do some other minor stuff around the, you know, 40 man fringes. That's still a successful off season to me. So they're basically there. Um, they just have to cross the finish line on a couple of the deals that we've heard. Uh, they're definitely in on, if that makes sense. For sure. For sure. All right. So, um, let's, uh, let's go to the last question here. Brett Howard at Mr. Brettley, who has a, uh, an over under, prop for us with Julio Rodriguez rounding the corner and hopefully being MLB ready sometime this year. Let's say after the all-star break, I think it's going to be a lot quicker than that um, to finish the season. Would you take the uh, over under on, and he says in parentheses has to be a parlay uh, 245 and a half average nine and a half home runs, 43 and a half RBI and half a steal. Um, I think I'm going to go under on the average, but over on the rest. Colby? Yeah, I'm going to go under on average, over on home runs, uh, under slightly on RBI, and way over on the stolen bases. Um, yeah. Yeah, like Julio's probably going to steal like, like we think he's, I think he's going to be up mid-May, June, somewhere in there. Julio's probably going to steal five mm-hmm. bags. And surprise people when he does it because he's so big. Oh my! It's so weird that he runs so well. And it's like it's really not, but okay. I wouldn't be uh, surprised if he stole more. Honestly, he's good at it. Like he's not fast, yeah. but he's good at it. So uh, yeah, and he's not slow either. But you know what I mean? He's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember? Remember Guillermo Heredia? People just dying to make Guillermo Heredia. Uh, you know, a base dealer and it's like no he's fast yeah. but he sucks at stealing bases stop doing that <laughs> julio's kind of the opposite yeah. yeah i feel you on that um brett also wants to know if it's the over are the m's and the alcs discussion Ooh, no yeah I, I don't think it really depends on on whether julio is good or not on um if they can get there. I mean, you know, there's also 25 other guys that need to perform well and uh, they need to be right with their decision-making the rest of this off season. And uh, at the trade deadline, hope, you know, if they're hopefully, you know, in, involved in the uh, wild card and maybe even the division. So yeah, um, doesn't really depend on Julio, but uh does improve their chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, Julio is, you know, out of nowhere, really good. Yep. Uh, 
fun note to end the show on. Julio Rodriguez is a career uh, 32 of 40 in stolen base opportunities. That is an 80% success rate. All right. So that is going to do it for our show. And thank you so much for joining us here on Lockdown Mariners. And for all your questions for Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Just like you do here every day, we greatly appreciate the support. Now, make your second listen of the day Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.